Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. In this week's episode, we talk about our top three school cafeteria foods, football, and some maybe some tweaks in the offensive running game and then the baseball season and how we're doing with three series left to go. The 23 Personnel Podcast starts right now. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome to another week of the 23 Personnel Podcast. We're on episode 17. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody, for the 17th time. Well, actually, more than that with, with a couple of you know mailbag episodes, but 17 weeks. I, I was talking to Samantha about this on the way home tonight. Like we're, We've been going at this for four months. Yeah, we're very consistent. We should, we should get some sort of consistency award. Uh, maybe we could get like a double tough uh, podcast, <laughs> podcaster award. Oh, of course you're referring to the... The Texas Tech Football Internal Awards, which we'll definitely talk about. Um, but I was going to mention, okay, so we talk about being consistent. Next week, we'll have to adjust our schedule a little bit because I'm going to be out of town Tuesday through Friday. Oh, um, oh, so well, this we, is news. We need like that late breaking. <laughs> we, uh, we may record Monday. We may just skip a week. We'll see. Okay. Michael and I have to discuss this and settle this off off air, offline. Oh, man. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> just All sprung right. that on him. I'm, I'm oh, gonna... and then and then two weeks later, I'll be out of town again, Tuesday through Saturday. So, Whew. well, just take your laptop with you, man. Just record. Well, wherever. I'd have we'll to take the. To I have to figure out how to take a, a mic too, and it's easy. Just, just yeah, we'll just come to you, man. Uh, you know, we can we can talk for fifteen minutes about whatever. I can drive by your house, take pictures of your grass, let you know how it's going. <laughs> Well, so the problem with that, though, is that the first trip, next week, I'm going to be on the West Coast. I'm going to be two hours behind you. Oh, yeah, that is. So, yeah. so when you're settling in to, to record at 8.30, at 6.30, where I'm at, and it'll be like, okay, we just sat down to dinner. Oh, man, um, and vice versa. If, if we were trying to record at 8.30, it'd be 10.30 here, and all it would just be is an hour of me yawning. Uh, yeah, just a lot of... Uh. Yeah, so, like I said, we'll we'll work out the logistics but, yeah, so I, I I didn't mention this, but I'm going to be traveling two weeks this month. <laughs> well, who knows? Surprise. Maybe it's a good time for a break. You never know. But I, I'm sure our listeners would be, uh, you know, they'd, they'd be pretty disappointed. Should at least Maybe. You should at least call and leave leave a voicemail and we can just post it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just do like a record. Like, I will record like my part of the conversation. <laughs> You'll have to fill in yours as you think I was having this conversation. A lot of a lot of breaths and going, ooh, mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that, that's definitely what I would put in the recording, not you. So <laughs> I'd be agreeing with what you're saying. <laughs> anyway, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about those those uh, internal football awards. There was a story that came out this past week. Uh, I got a, a chance to rewatch the spring game. I saw something that I missed the first time being there in person. We're going to talk about baseball and the the week that it's been um, against. Ooh, I'm blanking on the out of conference New Mexico and Oklahoma, and then of course they're playing against Arkansas tonight, and then the schedule going to TCU this weekend. Um, we will not be talking about the basketball postseason wrap up because neither one of us went to that. Hey, um, now you said last. <laughs> that's week kind of on that me. You... I, I said I was going to go. Last week, yeah, we were supposed to go RSVP. to um, Samantha and I were going to go to a movie, and I did not purchase tickets in time. So when we showed up, they were completely sold out of the movie we wanted to see. Had to reschedule to go tonight. So the basketball um, 
postseason wrap with Fran Fraschilla was put on the back burner. And then we got lots of great questions that we'll get to in our, our mailbag section. We, we will we will have a shorter episode this week, maybe, probably, and have an, a mailbag. Um, just because I am a... I'm greedy for downloads, and when we separate the two episodes, while the per-episode download numbers go down, our per-week downloads go way up. So uh, see, we're going to keep doing that. The people have spoken. They like shorter episodes. We're going to break it up and give them the, the content they want, starting with a killer uh, power ranking of school cafeteria foods. I heard this come up on the radio, and I was like, we have to talk about this. Man, I'm so glad um, you brought this up. It's a good one. So, okay, when, when I'm talking about school cafeteria, I'm, I'm going all the way back to elementary school because at that point, you were just served food. You didn't really have a choice. You just kind of took it and just ate it, or you brought your own lunch. I was not one of those people that brought a lunch. Um, I was just kind of just had what the cafeteria was serving. For me, middle school and then high school, obviously we had, a, we had different lines in the cafeteria. You can go, okay, well, I don't want to – I want to go to – I'm going to go to the grill and just get a burger or uh, just go get some fries and super healthy. Just like, okay, I'm going to get, you know, chili cheese fries and flaming Hot Cheetos today or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Fries um, with gravy on them. I, yes, I, I, I could get, I could get a, I could get an order of those from, uh, uh, not everybody got those. It was just, well, there's gravy there and there's fries right next to it. Why don't you just pour those on there and, and, uh, the ladies who served the lunch at the school were so nice, and they would they would they would indulge me quite often with some different requests. I I wonder how how harshly we were judged in their minds with I our food know. choices. I, I oh this oh, kid is eating chili cheese fries again. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. I was thinking as just far mm-hmm. as being like difficult because I, I was really never I was never difficult to them. But I, okay, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, they, they might be thinking, gosh, this is Oh, this he's kid. ordering fried chicken again. Uh-huh. Yeah, this this You just keep doing that. Yeah, he'll be 300 <laughs> pounds before he's 20. You know, that's I'm sure that's what they were thinking. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, we're going to go back to, to elementary school. I So, I, I kind of pre... I, I tested this this question with Samantha. It was on my list before... like When I heard the topic brought up, this was like the first thing I thought of. This was the first answer Samantha threw out. This was the first answer that I heard on the radio. Uh, so I think it's pretty universal that in terms of school cafeteria food, a lot of people's favorite was that rectangular slice of pizza. <laughs> that you just, you know, the pepperoni were like cubes and the cheese was really spotty. It was thin crust, but like in the shape of a piece of paper, basically. It wasn't that big, but a little index card. I'm going to blow your mind. Pizza doesn't even make my top three. I don't. <laughs> well, okay, that, that just means I'm I'm in, I'm interested to see where you go with this because past pizza, I had a hard time filling out numbers two and three. <laughs> well, okay, the the issue with pizza is our school changed pizzas, so you'd get attached to one. You know, and you'd have it for about two years, and then all of a sudden you're getting... There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Instead of the rectangle pizza, you're getting, I kid you not, there was a hexagon pizza. It was like a six-sided little mini pizza that you would get. And they, they kind of swapped back and forth. And then How are you supposed to eat a hexagonal, hexagonal-shaped slice of pizza? It's not even kinda, a slice. It's just a... You kind of had to cut it up, basically. 
from what I remember. Well, it's not, of course, it's like a. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this: What was what? What did they always serve with pizza? Oh, it was always something weird. Like was it corn? corn? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is such a weird thing, but I still sometimes associate that with like, well, I mean, I guess we could have some corn with our Domino's. <laughs> I don't know uh, what. I don't know who thought that. Yeah, just I don't know. Put some corn on the side. That'll <laughs> that works. <laughs> yeah. Corn was um, also served with spaghetti a lot. I, I think they think it goes with Italian food. <laughs> oh, the dietitians in the school district were sorely, <laughs> sorely mistaken. Yeah, and so I think because of, I'm sure because of monetary reasons, it was like, well, the rectangular people, rectangular pizza folks are sticking it to us, so we're going to go, we're not even going to buy their pizza. They were raising their pizza up by 2.3 cents a slice, and we can't afford that, so... <laughs> So, um, in terms of like numbers two and three on this list, at least for me, I think two would have to be like the steak fingers, mashed potatoes and gravy. It's a nice one. Um, And then, I don't remember a whole lot of other foods served. I mean, there was like probably like meatloaf or... um, and there were hot dogs some days, hamburgers, um, which were always really nasty. The the other the, there's two other ones that I thought of that I was kind of considering would be sloppy joes. Yeah, sloppy joes okay. could uh, they were hit or miss at mine, and and I think and it then, was just me. I didn't even I just didn't like sloppy joes then. I like them now, but I didn't like. Well, them it's probably they just had really trash sauce and. Yeah, I don't know. It, it wasn't very good. I, I assumed it was just because they could make it in bulk fairly simply. Yeah, you could have a vat, and you were gonna say, and what was your what was the other thing? Your corn dog, corn dog. Okay, that's hard to mess up because you know that was a frozen. Yeah, frozen. They just throw it in the oven. Yeah. Um, um, whenever they did serve like hot dogs, and then like I had a hot, dog, it was like almost a guarantee I was gonna get sick that day. <laughs> I used to. Okay, I, I am not gonna bash high school cafeterias. It sounds like I'm going to, but I loved cafeterias as a kid. And um, I remember going to Furs and thinking it was the greatest thing. And then I went to uh, elementary school and stuff. And I was like, oh, it's just like Furs. So I was sold from day one. I, I loved cafeteria food. That said, I, I went until I was probably like 16 or 17 thinking I hated hot dogs because I hated our cafeteria hot dogs. They were so terrible. But it turns out that it was just... I didn't like those. <laughs> any almost any other hot dog is good. Yeah, they were probably boiled. You know, boiled and which the, you can do if you do it like if you do it hot enough and long enough, you can kind of actually cook it a little bit. But even right. then, like, there's probably a really fine line of overdoing it, and then you just get this weird. Yeah, it's kind of a rubbery texture, and then the buns were kind of hit or miss. Sometimes they were. Sometimes it's like they they would try to steam them and then just make them stale, or. Like they were, they were frozen just like they cold or yeah there, there was there were a couple of things there so i just thought oh man hot dogs are terrible i'm never gonna eat hot dogs that's that because I, I trusted the cafeteria that much <laughs> i thought they wouldn't serve me bad food. no i was like surely it's it's me it's not them i just don't like hot dogs okay uh okay all right so my top three number one's gonna it might be kind of weird unless you went to my school then you might have the same affinity i did but number one for me was uh, yeast rolls. We so not even like, like a like an entree. You went with a side. Yes, because it was so versatile. <laughs> because it would end up being a dessert a lot of times. You would get you would get your buttery roll, and you would you would sit purposefully near people who didn't eat theirs, and you would try to get theirs from them, because a lot of times the teacher would come around because we couldn't be trusted the teacher would come around with a a ketchup bottle full of honey which i know is a weird sounding thing but she'd come around with some honey and just put that nozzle in the roll and give you a good squeeze (laughs) and just do that for the entire class or whoever asked for it and so that's one of my fondest memories and it ties in with number my number two food which is which is chicken fried steak which is pretty similar to you know what you're saying because I would take that roll and make a chicken fried steak sandwich. Nice. And it was just always 
always one of the best things. And, and then, but see, the, the problem with doing something like that is when you combine all the food into one dish, like you get through it really quickly. Like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna, I have my chicken fried steak. I've got mashed potatoes. I got gravy. I've got a bun. You put it all together. Like, oh man, that took me like three minutes, and now I'm done. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> that was an issue. Um, that was another one of those sit around from the fat kid experience on the side of the mic. Hey, I, I'm I'm there with you, man. I had a huge appetite. Um, so you would also try to find a roll that you could use for dessert. So you'd want like a roll for the chicken fried steak sandwich, and then you would want a roll for the honey later. So you'd have to mm-hmm. sit next to somebody strategically. Or if you were still hungry, you could just drink a lot of sweet tea, which I can't believe that we had sweet tea as really young children just available to us to serve ourselves. <laughs> that was probably really, really uh, tough on some teachers in the afternoon. Um, but the... The other, the, the the third spot, I've got a couple things. I, I think the first thing I want to put in there though is um, tacos. Like mm. we would do, you know, crunchy beef tacos, and there was always pinto beans on the side, and so we got to where. I think the the kid who gets credited with it, there was this kid named Lance, who, uh, had the brilliant idea of turning it into a taco salad. Where you just you just dump out everything that was inside the tacos, and then you, of course, you crunch up the taco shells, and then you put. Uh, we had salsa, so you put salsa on it. I'm pretty sure it was pace. They didn't keep it in its original container, but I'm pretty sure it was pace. And you put the beans on it and everything. So taco salad ended up being really good. And then a couple other things I really liked were chicken patties, uh, like a chicken patty sandwich was always good and then the uh oh man i blanked on the other one i can't believe that i completely blanked on it anyway those are those are kind of my top ones but yeah it starts with the rolls because they were so versatile you just it was dessert it was the base of a sandwich it was the way to get that last bit of gravy it was uh Mm -hmm. man it was killer i I think about those rolls sometime (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't really have fond memories of elementary school cafeteria food. I do, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> and it's probably weird. I even like the whole process of it. I liked because uh, it was a dollar ten when I was in school, and either we'd bring cash from home or you'd have like a punch card. There was always some way that you had to quote unquote pay, whether it was actual paying with cash or if you had um, some sort of barcode or something and uh, that was kind of fun to feel like you were kind of adultish going through a line and then paying for your food mm-hmm. even though you weren't paying for it yourself I'm sure right so the ways ours did it is we you could pay by the week or you can pay by the month my parents would pay by the month yeah and it was like $28 so it was like basically a dollar a day yeah, it's crazy. Um, and then you were you were assigned a pin, so they would just charge it to your account, basically. So you, you would deposit the, the the money into an account, and then you would just, which didn't make any sense. Like, well, if I'm going to be eating there every day, I'm going to be using. Just well, why make me use the account? If <laughs> yeah, well, I, and I think but, I think our teachers got stuck with a lot of the money a lot of times because we at first we had punch cards. And so I think they would keep up with the punch cards and, you know, during abs, you know, during roll, they would say, Hey, so-and-so you've only got like two punch punches left on your punch card for lunch, you know, bring your lunch money or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it was just one of the, you know, hundred things they have to deal with every day. But yeah, we did that. And then we, we switched to some sort of, it was like, I almost remember my number. There was, but anyway, yeah, we had something like that too later on. Yeah, cafeteria food, man. It was, um, I was all about it. Uh, I, st- I still wish I could remember the other thing I thought of that I really liked, but it's completely gone. It, we'll be like just, 45 just, minutes in, you'll be like, oh, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> so just, just blurt it out. Like, when we're talking about football or something, like, lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we ever had that, but if that was. If that was it, yeah. Uh, I'll probably will remember it and just say it in the middle of something. Yeah. But speaking about food, 
Um, there was this article that came out last week from Don Williams of the AJ talking about some old-timey awards. So I'm sorry. Awards named after previous Texas Tech football players, historical players, to recognize effort and grit and performance on and off the field um, that he hadn't he hadn't heard of them being handed out or awarded the past few years so he started tracking it down turns out since December of 2009 Texas Tech has not given out these specific historic awards to members of the football team um, and then I also heard that it that the football team likely does not have a team banquet which is where these awards would be um, given out. Um, there was a lot of, not uproar, but there were some heated discussions, mainly from some of the older Texas Tech fans that wanted to bring it back or thought that it was a, it was a, um, a staple in Texas Tech history that we're, we're, we're being too focused on the now and we're not remembering our history and that these awards should be brought back. Um, and first, when I, I when I first saw it, it was I can't remember if it was Don Williams himself that said it, or if it was Seth that retweeted it and said he agreed with Don that these awards need being brought back. And of course, in my snarky Twitter banter, fired back. This just reeks of an old man take, <laughs> <laughs> because there was a line in there that he's and I was I was picking on one thing he said and like just blowing it up and zooming way in on that. Um, that tech should be less focused on trying to dream up new traditions and drop some of the historical aspects of the program. Um, yeah, I remember which, seeing that line too. I'm trying to find it. I've got it pulled up. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm not. I'm not doing it just. It was much more polished and well written than the nonsense I just spouted out, but. I guess the point is that, that I want to bring it with you, Michael, is what is your what are your thoughts on whether the football team has awards for the toughest player or um, I don't even remember what, what some of the awards were specifically calling out, but then like, you know, they were named after uh, Pete Cothran. Um, yeah, E.J. Holub. E.J. Holub, yeah, was another name. Yeah, E.J. Holub has the double tough award. Uh, J.T. King, most improved player. Uh, what else we got? Yeah, Pete Cawthon. Cawthon? Is that right? Gosh. Memorial team. Yeah, well, there, there's not on... on the, I, was, I was expecting one, and there's not right there. That's a Maybe typo. One. Uh, anyway, um, okay, I found the line real quick before I, before I answer what you're asking. He said, uh, Tech needs to spend less time dreaming, dreaming up, quote, new traditions and be guardian of its old ones. Which, okay, so Seth made the point that the, these new traditions may be like things like the silent scare oh, and the fourth quarter song yeah. um, could be involved. And I was like, okay, yes, those were poorly executed. Silent scare was also a bad idea. Fourth quarter song, if done properly, could have been really cool. The first time they rolled it out, there was like 30 seconds of silence where the song should have been playing over the PA system in the stadium. And then when they finally got it on, it was halfway through the song. So they didn't like, it didn't just take a while to get it going. They had the song playing and then figured out to turn it on. And they probably it stopped like, it just in time to run a guerrilla lawyer ad. Yeah. And, and of course they also had, um, they had like a, a fan vote to decide the song. And there was yep. like this seven nation army song. There was uh, thunderstruck by ACDC um, there were a couple other songs, and okay, I don't remember all of them. I, I I probably would have been okay with any of them. I think what they said along was ACDC, which would have been really cool if done, you know, if they had played it from the beginning. So I think they, they it flopped on game one. It never came back. Yep. <laughs> the silent scare was ridiculed from the first time it was released into the public, like. Oh, we're gonna scare our opponents by being silent instead of booing them? No, that's dumb. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> nothing puts the fear 
in the heart of people coming into a stadium if if they if it's kind of quiet. Yeah, because you weren't ever going to get the stadium silent. No, gosh, no. Like, um, it's more it's the quiet it's ever quietest it's ever going to get is when there's an injury, but there's still lots of people talking and carrying on. Well, a lot of times the silent scare was was supposedly going to happen within as they were just coming a on the field. Yeah, or within because tech comes on the field right around the same time a lot of times, you know? I mean, what are we supposed to do? Oh, tech's coming on the field or they're still on there because I have always thought it was silly like uh the the one part I I did kind of like about it was our guys would come out on the field and then you know, the opposing team would come out while our guys are still kind of running through the end zone. And then we mm-hmm. immediately start booing and it looks like we're booing our own guys. <laughs> so that that's always kind of irked me, but it's not like a big deal. You know, exactly what like, they're doing. Yeah, and they're it's not, not like they don't know what's going on either. So oh, like, yeah. Oh my gosh, the team is, or the fans are suddenly booing us. Like, no, the opposing team just came out of their tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, so I, <sighs> Back is it the, is it bad sportsmanship to boo an opposing team as they come onto the field? No, I don't think so. Um, is it bad sports, sportsmanship to throw stuff at them? Yes. Yes. Is it bad sportsmanship to throw quips and tortillas with holes in them and possibly dirty language? No, I, I don't. I, I think people get too riled. We're getting like past the point here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yes, some of those new traditions that maybe Don Williams was referencing are not um, worth trying to keep going as some of these historical awards. I will concede that point. But do I think it's necessary for these awards to keep going? Because it seemed like the point he was making is that either the fans need something to cheer about or... um, well, his, oh, I forgot the other point I was trying to make there. It's well, what what I gathered from it when I read it was that uh, it's not for the fans at all; it's for the players. Because all he, what he mainly talked about was how proud of these awards these players are, and how proud of them they still are, which is great. I mean, they they for those players, though, I right. think that's like almost generational. I don't think like if you were to tell current players, "Hey, you won the EJ Hall of Double Tough Award," you're like, cool. Who is who is that? Yeah, unfortunately, they probably would ask that. Like, okay, yeah, his name is on the stadium. They don't know who that is. Yeah, um, I I don't think you know. I, I think this is a great f- football article in April uh, because it's it's gotten everybody to <laughs> yes. start talking and not on the season. No, <laughs> and and I don't think. If they if they implemented it, that'd be that'd be fine. I, I just don't have I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't have one thought on one way or the other. On I don't feel like they shouldn't. Um, I feel like if they did now, it would obviously seem like that like, it was the power of Don Williams, that right? Resurrected which isn't these that never looks good. Um, that's never great to that some beat writer was able to have the press convince you to do something as a coach. That's really never a good thing. So. I think the fact that he wrote it kind of doomed Kingsbury either way for the folks that think it should come back. So I, I don't. I really think it is good for the players. Uh, you know, he he spoke with several of them, and they they're both really, or not both, but they were all really, uh, you know, proud of their trophies, and they're still up in their house where people can see them years later. And I don't see that it's. Uh, going to uh, affect tech football one way or the other. I, I don't think someone's going to go out there and if they know that there's a, you know, an MVP award um, or a dare to be great award that they're, that they're going to try to, to earn that and, you know, catapult tech into nine, uh, three territory. Yeah. I, I think that was the other way I was going is that like, we needed to institute these two, um, the other point that Don was trying to make is that without these awards, the players have nothing to work towards. And um, how about when it's not going to win games. as many games? <laughs> yeah, they're not going to win as many games without this kind of motivation. It's like for playing time. Or so the other question I I, I had thought of that really quickly. Um, so okay, 
to your point, no, I don't care if they bring it back. I don't care if like if they make it public or what it like. It doesn't matter to me. I I think it's silly to be worrying about this and not like, hey, we're we're looking at losing a losing season again if something doesn't change. What's what what realistically needs to happen to change? Where are we going to get these wins from? Yes, I know it's April, the twenty fourth. Spring practice is over. Um, there's nothing to talk about for four more months until we start game prep for Ole Miss. Um, the other thing, so do you think if they were to revive these kind of postseason awards that they could do it while also not like dis- like throwing out the old awards, but like <clears throat> revamping them and saying, Hey, we're going to give out the uh, Michael Crabtree MVP or the uh, um, Zach Thomas Toughness Award or or the B.J. Simmons Toughness Award. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if they were to refresh it with more current players. I would not go there. Like 20 I would, years old. No, I would not do that <laughs> at all. Um, no? Because if you thought people were upset before <laughs> – yeah. Wait till they come back. Then you're and saying we're we're not we're not we're gonna go ahead and throw. Yeah, it out we're just EJ gonna Holland. yeah because people are gonna look at well you can't just so you're bringing back the awards but you're gonna completely ignore the people that the original awards were named after and no nah, I I think you stick with it just like it is uh, because that's the point of the tradition that's what that's what he was kind of saying and I agree with that you don't want to you don't want to force traditions uh, they they kind of just happen. And this happened over the years, and if, if they were to bring it back, I think they'd need to keep it the exact same. And just educate the the kids. You know, they, they could very easily put on a... Well, maybe not very easily, but with some research, they could put, you know, one-minute, two-minute clip on each of these names that this award's named after before they present it. You know, if they're doing, like, a team banquet thing and kind of turn it into a little bit of a production for the guys, they could... Or they could just do that throughout the year. You know, here's here's who this is named after. One of you guys will be awarded with this. Here, who else has won this award? And mm-hmm. you know, they could go into it and and really uh, play with it and and make it kind of more interesting and educate the guys and have them a little bit fired up about it. But I I think they've got a lot going on right now so i, <laughs> yeah, I don't I, expect them to, to stop what they're doing and comb through 60 years of of footage and and try to put together some stuff um and contact all these other players and i mean that'd be a full-time job for somebody some grad what, assistant what is rodney allison doing isn't he like the double t varsity club or whatever they call that alumni group yeah maybe athletes yeah maybe he could maybe he could get that <laughs> put going. It to him yeah I'm, I'm sure he won one of those awards too. But no, I, I definitely wouldn't change the names. I think that would just be a. Yeah. Okay. So that was that was just a dumb idea. That's okay. That wouldn't work. <laughs> All right. So speaking of having other things going on, um, in terms of the players, I was I, so I went back and, and rewatched the spring game, um, picked up something actually pretty major that I missed watching it live. I was talking to Michael about this um, before we started recording. Is that. So I, I I finished watching it last night and I picked on it picked up on it pretty early and then from from you know from then and then watching the rest of the game I don't remember a play where Texas Tech ran the ball and there wasn't a pulling offensive lineman. It it looked like um, every running play and play action pass to to help you know disguise that that there was at least one offensive lineman that was pulling it was moving. Um, and I don't know how I missed it, probably because I was talking to, to Michael and Seth and Labar. <laughs> yeah, we were having a good time. Yeah, not watching the game at all. No. <laughs> the the running game was, I don't know, intriguing. Like, not having, like, been, like, you know, and, wow, I'm having a really great time with my words tonight. <laughs> um. N- it not being my, my primary focus when I was going because I was looking for wide receivers. Um, it was sneaky efficient, although there wasn't any big plays. Um, 
And then when I went back and watched, I was like, oh, look at that. They're, they're pulling offensive linemen. They're, they're getting big lead blockers on every play by pulling the backside guard or the backside tackle or doing the buck sweep or I don't know how else to describe that, where, where every offensive lineman is essentially pulling. Nobody goes straight forward. They all take a step off to one side and mm-hmm. just, you know, it's a sweep. Everybody's moving one direction and the, the running back is looking for space to cut up upfield. Um, and it's something I don't remember Texas Tech doing much of in this previous season. Uh, I, I remember it happening some with Neil Brown as offensive coordinator, you know, six, seven years ago. So did, did you, what do you think about adding this dimension of the run game, um, this wrinkle in the play calling? Cause I, I don't know if it's if it's a Kevin Johns thing, if it's a Clay McGuire, or if this is just something that Kingsbury picked up on and said we're going to do this to help um, our running game because it needs to be more efficient, especially if we're breaking in a new quarterback and four of the five wide receivers are trying to make a name for themselves. Nobody knows who they are. We might need to be running the ball a lot more this year. I so I like it. I like we were talking about before we we hit record. I think this is a good sign because it shows that we have some pretty athletic offensive linemen who can move, who can get some speed going, and um, you know get over and get get downfield. Uh, I almost wonder if part of it is because it would be a little bit of a delay. Uh, you know how many times Tech or any other Big Twelve school really got called for a lineman downfield last year do you think this would help that at all or I doubt it was even considered I think they probably just made the decision to do it because they they liked how it looked and the options that it gave them but would this keep that from happening as much you wouldn't have a lineman immediately just trying to block and then take off and block for a runner as opposed to you have a lineman that's got to he's got to step back a little bit and pull around and then find somebody and, you know, burn a little bit more time. I, I see where you're going with that. And, and when I, when I see this much motion on the offensive line, it, it reminds me of the Art Bryles offense at Baylor from a couple of years ago. That was super heavy on, in the run game. Now they're running a lot of inverted veer. And I don't know if that's what we're going to see because there wasn't a lot of running quarterback running and the spring game because you can't tell how effective the quarterback is going to be if all you have to do is touch him and he's down. Hmm. Whereas in a real game, you have to tackle him. Um, the inverted veer is obviously an option-based running play where you're you know relying on the quarterback to to make a read on somebody. Um, that play usually involves some kind of pulling offensive line, but I think that and then the the um, development of the oh RPO run run pass option plays where the offensive line is basically run blocking every play. Um, and then you just throw it fast enough that you don't catch anybody downfield. Hmm. You, the, the, the offensive lineman doesn't have enough time to get for, far enough downfield because they throw it so fast. Um, so it, it may have, you know, a bit of that. It may have, we're just going to be running the ball a lot more and running, you know, some, some power, um, some p- power concepts with pulling offensive line. Um, there may be some some options, some veer, inverted veer type stuff where we're pulling and reading. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see how it, it actually plays out. I was a lot more intrigued by this the more I watched. I was like, wow, this is something I wasn't like. You know, like I said, I was watching for the receivers and I was noticing how much motion there was on on the running plays. Like, wow, we are moving offensive linemen. We are pulling. You know sometimes two two guys and like a Tyler Carr. Like we got three guys moving to get in front of the running back and like yeah. like a mini screenplay that you're not throwing, you just hand it off and he's got three guys in front of him already. Um so when I was I was I was bringing this up to Michael, I was like, well, you know what's interesting though, is that so I had to watch that off of my D V R. Um there haven't been any highlights of the spring game post on on YouTube from the athletic department or even the sights and sounds videos they were doing from the sidelines, which they did in Midland and Frisco. There wasn't one of those videos for the Lubbock scrimmage. 
there wasn't a like I said a highlight video from the the game, even though it was broadcast. Um, I don't think there's like anything super like conspiracy related that Tech is just trying to hide it and not uh, not release it. But I also do know this is a coaching staff that has previously guarded some of its information, if you will. Um, and now it sounds like I'm being like the conspiracy theorist. Like they're not letting people see that they're going to be running the ball. It's like, okay, it was broadcast on national t- television. Anybody that was watching would have seen that. They don't have to see, watch on YouTube. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I mean, you've got a point that they could have uh, tried at some enough things in there or, or it could be as simple as some sort of weird broadcasting right thing. But I, it is well, strange. Like it, was, it is strange because all the, you know, the football games, Sometimes the whole game will be on YouTube the next day, or definitely a highlight video at the very least will be on YouTube, um, and usually more than one, like top five plays or something, mm-hmm. or then just like a, you know, like a two and a half, three minute, just plain Jane highlight video. So I, I don't understand that. It is, uh, it is a bit odd. Yeah, because in the regular season you would see a highlight video from the Big Twelve Conference. You'd yeah. see one from the, the athletic department, and then you'd see a top five place. So you'd get essentially three highlight videos from reputable sources, with air quotes here, not some fan that just pulled together a, a highlight reel off his DVR, which one of us may have to do to get the spring game on YouTube because it's not yeah. there now. You know, just talking about how the, the run game is looking, it, unless you still have it on your DVR, you can't go back and watch it. Right, and I did. Point, I know, and I I thought about keeping it because I did watch it a little bit before we recorded last week, just to get a few more, um, you know, a few more insights on some of the receivers and stuff, and a couple of the defensive linemen. But I was not paying attention to the O O line, aside from the fact that they were um, they were doing a good job of of making room to run. But I was I, I didn't catch uh, what you caught with with them pulling and and getting one or two guys in front of the running back uh, from the other side. So, yeah, it, it's now deleted, though. So I'll, I'll just – I've got to take your word for it, man. Are you sure you're not just you're not just <laughs> Well, here's the up? thing. It's still on my DVR, so I, I may go back and, and, and try to pull some video off of that, You know, whether I record it with my phone, which would be kind of jicky, but um, just, just to share with, with, with some of our internal or maybe put it up on YouTube, like on a private video, and share it with the, the – share it on Staking the Plains. I'm not sure. Um, Get it on VHS. Yes. Oh, uh, beta. Beta. See, I, I'm still I'm still holding out. I, I thought or beta, HD DVD. HD DVD. I thought beta was gonna was gonna be the format, and I just know that as soon as I get rid of this Betamax player, they're gonna change their minds again. So <laughs> one of these days, man. So as much as much as we can drag out some football. Um, spring talk since you know spring practice Morsels. is over um, I'll have to go back and, and, and see if I can pull some video uh, but why don't we go ahead and talk about some like mid-season action that we have like we have got one team currently competing and actually playing right now is that's the baseball team um, you want to know the final score I, I know they were down 5-1 when, they, when, I, when we started so that was the final score well, it's you're on the road against like the number six team. You're fourth, and they're like six, seven in, in that range. Though it's not like a a killer that you lost. Obviously, you want to win games, but it's a non-conference. Really, winning these games just helps solidify your RPI. But, anyways, so they're they're in Fayetteville uh, playing Arkansas for you know, tonight. They're gonna play again tomorrow. Um. This past weekend, they were home against Oklahoma, took the series two games to one. Uh, you know, the Friday night game was was interesting in that, like, Davis Webb was – not Davis Webb. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I, was, so I was talking to an intern in my office this week that today. He's a New York Giants fan. We were talking about the draft. He's actually going to be going to the draft. And he was talking about, like, you know, with um, – they're they're gonna they're shooting a draft Saquon Barkley. He's like, you know, that means you're gonna you're gonna have Davis Webb as your quarterback, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> he was just shaking his head. Um, anyway, so Davis Martin was struggling to get batters out, and he didn't he didn't go very deep into the game. 
um, but still effective. And like he didn't give up a lot of runs or a lot of hits. I think he gave up one, one or two runs over his four or five innings. Um, and it came on, it came down to a a walk off balk in the tenth inning, which was a super heady play from uh, Tim Tadlock and Josh Young to to bluff the steal home on a pitcher who had been pulled over from first base. So he hadn't, he didn't pitch very often. Um, Oklahoma had gone through so many pitchers in the ninth and 10th innings that they were kind of trying to save guys for the rest of the weekend. Pulled the, the first baseman over to try to close out the game. Tech ends up um, tying the game in the 10th. And then they get Josh Young all, all the way over to third. Bluffs is still home. Gets him to balk and ends the game on a, on a balk. Um, that's pretty. That I I remember seeing the replays of that. I I didn't get the chance to watch any of this baseball uh, live. I, I got to listen to, well, got to. I unfortunately got to listen to uh, the, the third game. game. Yeah, because <laughs> I was driving back from Dallas, um, so I was. I, I didn't get to watch the first two or listen to them at all, but I caught it all that Saturday morning on Twitter, and. True confession, I didn't even know what a balk was for sure, aside for, you know, faking a throw. I, I knew that, that was that's considered a balk. Um, you know, when you pull up short or you act like you're going to pitch and you don't. And then I went and looked up on, uh, I forgot where I found it. This is, this is great. Typical me. Can't remember where I found it or what it said. But they went through uh, the different balking scenarios. And, man, there were probably at least like 15 to, yeah, they, I mean, something super, about stepping off the rubber. I mean, there's mm-hmm. all these different scenarios that you can yeah, look off one way but not the other. Like if you look off to third and then throw to first or something weird like that. I, there was, I and just, if you drop the ball from your your hand while you're on the rubber, yes. If yeah, you pull, was, like if your hands come together and then you come apart and you're not in a pitching motion, that's a balk. Man, that just makes yeah, me respect crazy. pitchers even more to have all well, of that just stuff in the that, back of their head. Yeah, they just need to get into their their routine. Yeah, get their habits and don't let a guy like you know a runner on third bluffing to steal home freak you out enough that you like mid pitch you jump off the rubber to throw home. <laughs> it was like like he knew it instantly. Like he dropped his head and his shoulders. Like yeah, he knew. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so Josh Young on Tuesday when they were in Albuquerque hit for the cycle which was the first time that it's happened for Texas Tech in 10 years. Coincidentally, last time it happened for Tech was in New Mexico. They did it against New Mexico State or Eastern. I don't remember. It was 10 years ago-ish. Josh Young did it trying to uh, one-up Grant Little, who had hit nine RBIs the weekend before. I think think Josh Young hit eight in that game. (laughs) Jeez. And then, of course, he had a really great series against Oklahoma. I don't have the specific numbers. He was named Big 12 Player of the Week. Um, like I said, took the series against Oklahoma. Not too long ago, you were looking at the Big 12 standings, looking at Oklahoma at the top. That started off like 6-0, and and you were like 1-4, and 1-5, and 2-5. and I don't know. You had a pretty miserable start, and you're like, wow, we're going to be like chasing Oklahoma. At this point in the season – you're tied with Oklahoma, again, with air quotes, in your conference standings, although you have the head-to-head. And in your overall record, you you're, you have them by six or seven games because they played a really weak non-conference schedule, which is why, you know, when they were running through the the first part of the conference schedule and they're winning all those games, they weren't getting a lot of respect in the polls. Right. Um, they had really weak uh, strength of schedule. So you took the you took two of three from them. Um, you moved up. I think you were tied with Texas for second. Currently, they did not have a, a conference series this weekend. So you had you had a handful of teams that were ahead of you in the standings that hadn't had a off weekend like you had had. Um, Texas had an off weekend, so they didn't play a conference series. Unfortunately, another team ahead of you in the rankings was Oklahoma State. They swept Kansas. Not doing you any favors there, Jayhawks. Thanks. <laughs> um, TCU was right in that area. They got they were swept by Baylor. 
Um, some big news for, for TCU, though, this week. Luke and Baker is out for the season. He broke his leg. I don't, I don't know how it happened. I didn't see it. I didn't. I didn't only heard about it like the next day. Um, so bittersweet because that dude is just a machine. Is just super intimidating to go up against. Um, but as a opposing fan, glad that you don't have to face him. <laughs> and then their like number one pitcher. I, I think his last name is Jansek. It's also out for the season. Um, before you face them. So arguably two of their biggest pieces of their team are out. Um, and you will go, to, you will play them this weekend in Fort Worth. You know, you look at them having just been swept by Baylor. You're like, this is a, a winnable series off, obviously maybe even a, a sweepable series. If that's a, a word sweepable. Right. Which who thought that would happen back when the season no, started. Definitely not, and, and I'm not. This saying was one of that, those circled weekends where you're just like, "Oh man, this is going to be probably the top two Big Twelve teams going against each other." Mm-hmm. And then, of course, life happens, so you've got all sorts and, of different and, things going on. And TCU obviously has more talent outside of these two players. Of course, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it it would be like you know, Tech. You know, they lost Stephen Gingrey, but also if they had lost a Josh Young, a Grant Little, somebody that like really leads the offense um, as well. And you just kind of, you get kind of hamstrung there. I don't think TCU had the depth on offense like the Tech offense has. When, when you look at guys like, you know, um, Gabe Holtz, Grant Little, Josh Young, Cameron Warren, all the less so now that he's he kind of cooled off in the, the conference um, part of the, the, the schedule. Zach Reams, just figured out how to hit home runs and just been mashing them left and right. He's he's up there in, in terms of conference home runs. He's not leading the conference, but I think he's up there with like he's pretty high up. I think he has ten or eleven right now, hmm. which is surprising because I think he leads your team in home runs. Um, I think you've got Grant Little and Josh Young up there with like nine or ten as well. But I think Zach Reams has as many, if not a little more. Anyways, Labar is probably shaking his head like these guys know nothing. <laughs> I, I don't. He's I don't, right I don't when it stat comes to peak me. as well as he does. He's definitely right when it comes to me. Uh, um, I, I, so it's, it's winnable. I mean, it's it's definitely looks like things are in our favor. Uh, I was checking it out. I thought you know maybe TCU is gonna kind of unleash because they've uh, maybe they're a team like Tech because Tech is twenty one and two at home. You know, Tech just really really barely loses at home but TCU's only 14 and 7 at home so i mean this is and we're 10 and 7 on the road so it's there's a pretty good chance that we could walk away with with at least a series win on this yeah. i i would look at Tech's road record and 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 kind of lean towards not sweeping because you've seen them go on the road against Kansas. worse teams in TCU and not pulling out the sweep now Kansas was one on my mind but you also had like weird weather. Well, you Baylor against Baylor. Yeah, weird weather at the end of a, a really tough road trip. But um, you know, you don't really have any easy spots in your schedule left. Like this is one of your last non-conference series, and it gets an, it's against another top ten team in Arkansas. Um, you know, past TCU, you still have a home series against Texas, who, by the way, is second in the conference. You have to go on the road to Stillwater to the number one team in the conference, Oklahoma State. So being able to, to three-peat as a, the conference champion is still within reach. Uh, T, uh, not TCU. Oklahoma State and Oklahoma play this weekend. So if Oklahoma does some damage against the Cowboys, you can really help yourselves to, to you know, or the Sooners can help you kind of climb back into the conference race mm-hmm. while you're, you know, playing TCU. Um, but I mean, you've got nine games left in the conference schedule before you go to the tournament, which you never really seem to do well in. Just kind of across the board. Just <laughs> yeah, Big Twelve tournaments in general uh, don't usually go well for Texas Tech fans. Yeah, so I'm 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 looking forward to seeing how, how they do against TCU. Obviously, a, a series win would be would be huge. Uh, road, uh, you know on the road 
against a team that's got a lot of talent on it, albeit there's some injuries, um, setting you up hopefully to do well against Texas and Oklahoma State to finish out the, the conference. Hopefully here in about a month we're talking about how Tech won the Big 12 Conference for the third straight year, um, doing well in the, the tournament in Oklahoma City, which it, it seems like, like that would be a really cool tournament to go watch, especially in that environment, in that you know minor league ballpark. It's actually a really neat stadium. Um, do you have any any baseball thoughts, Mister Mister McDonald? <laughs> I do not. Uh, we've we've exhausted my baseball thoughts. I was just I just couldn't believe what a bulk was, and that it resulted in us winning a game basically that uh, was very seemed to be. I think it was close the whole game. Uh, and then, it was back and forth, yeah. Yeah, and then it was, I don't know, it was just mildly depressing listening to the the, the drumming that Tech received on Sunday on that drive home. Because, you know, it's a pretty good drive from Dallas, so I was kind of thinking, oh, this will break up the monotony a little bit. And then it just kept getting worse and worse. And, <laughs> oh, great. Even though, as much as I like listening to Jeff Haxton, I had to turn it off after a while. But they did yeah. at least make it interesting. I mean, I think, I think Tech kind of had a, uh, not a think, but Tech had a four-run, um, eighth inning, you know, to to kind of to, to kind of get themselves back in it. And I think that was let's see, let's see four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So that was nine to five at the end of the eighth, and you're kind of a little hopeful. And then OU comes out in the ninth and hits three, and you're just okay. Well, that's that's the end of that. I don't think we're going to score seven runs minimum in the bottom of the ninth. That's a lot to ask. <laughs> that was the other thing is, is that Oklahoma had, um, they were being awfully aggressive in the ninth inning up by five runs. Like they had a double steal call. I think it was, it was, like I said, it was top of the ninth. They were up by five. I think they had one or two outs. It's like, you're not doing anything except making yourselves look douchey. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I fired back on Twitter. It's just Skip Johnson being salty. He lost the the series already. <laughs> so I, I went and looked up um, Big Twelve baseball stats. Unsurprising, Texas Tech batting is leading the conference. They lead the conference in an average at three eighteen. They lead the conference in on base percentage at four thirty five. So, for batting average, the next closest team is Oklahoma at 289. So you've got them by 30 points. Um, on base percentage, you're at 435. Closest team behind you is Oklahoma at 388. You've got them by 50 points. Your slugging percentage is ridiculous. You're at 533. And so your slugging percentage is the amount of hits that you have that go for two, three, or four. Basis, so it's a double, triple, or home run. Texas Tech slugging percentage is .533, so 53% of all your hits are extra base hits. Wow. Next closest team is, looks like, Texas at 427, so you've got a full point and then some on them. Um, total runs, <laughs> you, you've scored 369 runs. Next closest team is Oklahoma at 272. So you've scored almost 100 more runs on the season. Um, and then in doubles, triples, and home runs, you, you're you outpacing everybody. You, you lead Oklahoma by three doubles, which isn't much. You lead um, Ken, or Texas by two triples. But then you get to home runs. You have 58 home runs on the season. Next closest team is Texas at 38. No, sorry, Oklahoma State at 39. So nearly 20 more home runs on your roster than anybody else in the conference. Um, your pitching, I think overall, is fourth in the conference with the ERA, so not bad. Individual batting, um, Josh or Grant Little's number one. His average is 404. On base is 497. Slugging is 719. He's got nine home runs. Um, Josh Young is second on that list. Again, 404 average. His on base is slightly higher at 500. 
slugging is 693. Like, these are, like, Grant Little's slugging percentage is nearly 72%. Three out of every four of his hits are going for doubles or better. <laughs> that's not bad. Um, that sound, that's not, even to a novice like me, those sound like good good things. Yeah, so you've got, you got one and two on individual batters, and then you've got uh, Gabe Holt at seven. Um, individual pitching, you've got one and two, Davis Martin, Ryan Shetter. Uh, Jared Jansek is the guy from TCU. He's five. Um, and then John McMillan is tied for ninth. Hits, runs, scored, doubles. Okay, home runs. Cody Clemens from UT leads the conference at 13. And then Zach Reams is tied for third at 11. So you've got you've got Colin Simpson of Oklahoma State has 12. Uh, Zach Reams and Steel Walker, who was a, just a beast to handle from Oklahoma, are, are both at 11. And you've got a bunch of dudes tied with nine, including Grant Little, Luke and Baker, Michael Davis. So... Yeah, I'd say you're doing pretty well. Yeah, especially having uh, one of the top RPIs in the league. Yeah, you're you're number one. Yeah, in the league, because so I think you're second or third in RPI. Yeah, so that's uh, you know, a lot like you were saying earlier. OU's numbers are probably a little bit inflated based on who they played earlier on. Of course, you know Tech did pour it on teams like whatever that 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 northeastern team or whoever it was where mm-hmm. they well, like, we also like did they it to were Kansas mad. State too it's it's we scored yeah. 76 well we scored 56 runs against Kansas State and then number 20 against New Mexico so we scored 76 in, in those four games in, in a week <laughs> yeah which like if you were to even throw out all of those runs you would still be leading the conference in runs by 40 yeah <laughs> I did not realize that Texas Tech had scored more, like a hundred more runs than anybody else in the conference. No, I had no idea. Because it seems like when they, you just kind of forget about the blowouts or the big games, um, which Texas had a lot of. Which they year. they really have, and and what kind of sticks with you are the games where they only put up four, or they or only put up one, like tonight, and you're just kind of, oh man, that's kind of frustrating, but. Because Gosh. you see what they can do. Yes. Like, okay. You kind of get used to them seven, eight, 12 runs. and Yeah. You go against the Arkansas and put up one. And a lot of times they get three or four in an inning. You know, I, I wonder if there's a stat. I'm sure there is somewhere, like how many multiple run innings they've had or how many times they've had three or four, three or more runs in an inning or something. It just seems like they – They'll just latch onto something and go. And even if they change pitchers, it's just doesn't matter. The next guy will just get taken apart too. So I, I don't, I forget how dominant they are because you just kind of, unfortunately, got used to seeing it. So just speaking of just some of these like weird stats, um, number of triples in a game. Who do you think leads, and how many do you think they have? Uh, is it Davis? No, no, no. So this would be a team. Oh, a team. Okay. Like, okay. which team has the most triples recorded in one game? Oh, in one game. Okay. Well, I'm going to go. I'm Based off of this conversation, I'm going to say Tech. <laughs> You're right on that one. And then I'm going to say four, which sounds insane to me. It is. They had four triples. <laughs> Against New Mexico a week ago today. <laughs> yeah, I think that was when the uh, was that when the wind was blowing, just right outside center, just right out towards center yeah. field. Yeah, I, I I listened to some of that, but I didn't remember there being that many triples or anything. But yeah, okay. I, as soon as that like four came up in my head, and I thought that's crazy. Number <laughs> of times hit by pitch in a single game. Texas Tech leads this one. We were at this game. Eight times. Yeah, and what they was it? Eight batters hit in one game. Well, wasn't it? Was it Davis who got hit five times? No, it was it was Warren. Oh. Every time he got up there, he got beat, he got hit. It's like, at one point, is this like intentional? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it almost felt like it. Sorry, what was that other one? We're looking for innings. <laughs> innings with multiple runs, or you know, more than three, or more than four. 
whatever they might possibly have cooked up, whatever uh, Jonah Hill has stored away on a spreadsheet somewhere. I haven't even seen that movie. <laughs> Nobody quizzed me on Moneyball. I, I don't know anything about what it's about, aside from baseball stats and Brad Pitt's oh. in it. So that they also have the all those stats broken down like complete or total season and then Big Twelve season. Um, in Big Twelve play, Texas Tech leads in batting average at three fourteen, and on base percentage at four thirteen, slugging percentage at five twenty seven. Um, leads in doubles, does not lead in triples, does lead in home runs, does lead in RBIs, does lead on. Nope. Or second on walks. We lead as in like we have the lowest number of strikeouts. It's just ridiculous. Agreed. Okay. So we've got some great questions that you guys submitted this week. We are going to continue our our structure that we've come up with the past couple of weeks. We're going to have the mailbag edition come out um, in a day or so. We're going to be talking about putting together a – not necessarily like a Mount Rushmore, but we're going to field we're going to, a quarterback, a running back, and five wide receivers from any player in tech history. We're going to put that team together. We're going to talk about position groups, which one has, which team has better position groups, 2017 Texas Tech or 2018. Um, got a question, some hypotheticals. If Dakota Allen or, or Jordan Brooks were to go down, what kind of state is our defense in? Um talking about baseball why are there so many different polls in baseball and why does tech just pick whichever one's highest that one's easy <laughs> um and then this one's really interesting I, I, i'm interested to see where michael goes with this if texas tech could be guaranteed a national championship once every 10 years in the sport of your choice at the cost of every other sport being at the bottom of all power five schools would you take it so i like that question too that's probably my favorite one that that'll be a good one you'll have to tune into the the mailbag edition. Um, so with that, I think we'll, we'll end it here for Michael. I'm Spencer. Thanks for tuning in to episode 17 of the 23 personnel podcast about to drop the other name, the previous name probably hit with some kind of uh, copyright infringement, another a new cease and desist letter. They're listening. Yeah, I bet. Um, yeah, so with that, we will we'll catch you next week.